pause, you can use the cooling off period to lock the app for up to four weeks. I practice safe bets, and so should you. Visit DraftKings.com slash Responsible Gaming to learn about all these tools and more. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Responsible Gaming for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. You'll be more prepared for the cold winter weather with help from your locally owned Napa Auto Parts stores. Save up to $16 on a pair of Rain-X silicone wiper blades. Or take the $10 instant rebate on a set of Napa Exact Fit wiper blades. 50 pounds of ice melt, $10 a bag. Chevron Dello 15W40, $15.99 a gallon. And make sure you have plenty of starting power with a Napa Legend battery. Stop by the store, they'll even help you with battery and wiper blade installation at your five locally owned Preston to Providence Napa Auto Parts. When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient as well as the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options and the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice, your local hospice and home health provider since 2006. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's Home for Sports, KLGN Logan, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. We are and here's what you need to know. The Monday night football matchup is in Mexico City tonight. Kickoff at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. The 49ers against the Cardinals. Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray with his bad hamstring is still out. Bears quarterback Justin Fields is considered day-to-day for now with a left shoulder injury. The injury report gets updated on Wednesday. The Jets would not commit to starting Zach Wilson at quarterback again next game. Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts was placed on injured reserve with a possible torn MCL. The Broncos waived running back Melvin Gordon and Denver running back Chase Edmonds could miss multiple weeks with a high ankle sprain. Bengals running back Joe Mixon is in concussion protocol. Rams QB Matthew Stafford is being evaluated still for a concussion. At the World Cup, the USA tied Wales 1-1 in its opener. Tim Weah of the U.S. scored in the 36th minute. England 6-2 over Iran. Netherlands with two late goals beat Senegal 2-0. I'm Steve DeSager. the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, and yes! Touchdown, they did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for joining us on a Monday, a Reaction Monday. Utah State football with a big win over the weekend, beating San Jose State, becoming bowl eligible. And um, now we don't know if they're going bowling yet. Not a, it's not technically a guarantee. Yes, it's not a guarantee. There's still one more game to be played. There is an opportunity to become uh, or to get a winning record. And uh, if they win uh, tomorrow, or tomorrow, Friday, uh, at Boise, 
Um, at least they're guaranteed a non-losing season. Um, but there is an opportunity to still be have a winning season. And to uh, if you beat Boise, you're going bowling for sure. I mean, they're not going to leave Utah State out if they beat Boise State. Yeah, well, if you, you get, get seven, seven wins, wins, you don't miss a bowl game if you have seven wins unless there's really weird circumstances. Um, so look it up. So right now, as so CBS Sports, they're um, uh, they post this on Sunday. They're kind of bowl eligibility tracker, trying to track all the teams that are bowl eligible. So there's 41 bowl games, so they need 82 teams. Um, and after week 12, there are 73 bowl eligible teams. So there's still nine spots. Um, so there's I don't know how many teams are on the uh, the fringe there. I should probably look that up maybe a little bit later. Um, but I did see, I just happened to look at the Mac just to see how many bowl eligible teams there are there. And they've got like, th- I think it was three, maybe four teams who are fighting to become bowl eligible this week. Yeah. So if there'd have to be 10 teams that become bowl eligible this week, which is, again, I'll have to look up exactly how many five and six teams or whatever there are at the moment. I could probably look that up in the next break or sometime, but um, you'd have to get ten teams, and even then they might uh, decide to you know, I don't know make make another bowl. Didn't they do that some other year where they just made a bowl game and included a couple more teams? <laughs> Basically, yes, they've done that before. So, uh, I suppose it's possible, but I, I'd consider a pretty good chance Utah State uh, gets into a bowl. And I mean, kind kind of on that note, like you look at. Uh, you know, last week I checked a bunch of different uh, um, bowl projections. Pretty much nobody had Utah State. Um, I think one had Utah State playing BYU in the Hawaii Bowl. But, like, this week the people who put that out said, we're sorry we did that. We didn't realize BYU and Utah State had played. That wouldn't happen. And they kind of admitted that was, uh, you know, after the fact. They meant, oh, okay, we made a bit of a mistake there. So throw that one out. Yeah. So, like, even even the one that had them in had to be thrown out because they made, you know, a bit of a mistake uh, which you kind of end up when you're trying to cover 130 teams. Right, yes. Um, so basically no one thought Utah State was going to be in a bowl game. Obviously this week I found 10 different bowl projections. I don't know if they're the same ones I looked at last week. They're probably mostly the same, uh, a lot of similar faces. But uh, all, all the 10 that I looked at had Utah State in some bowl or another. Um, three of them actually had Utah State in the same bowl game playing the same opponent. Which is certainly interesting. When you see all these bowl projections and you see a bunch of different commonalities, you know, it's not too hard to predict which teams end up in which bowls. That's somewhat of an exact science. It's not like, you know, predicting other things like the AP Top 25 preseason poll. Right. Where that's like impossible to predict. Bowl games can be somewhat accurately predicted. Um, and so there were three outlets, SA.com, Yahoo Sports, and College Football News. They all had Utah State playing in the New Mexico Bowl facing North Texas. Now, if that sounds familiar, it's because it is. Utah State faced North Texas in the 2018 New Mexico Bowl. And they beat uh, North Texas like 52-13. to 13. Really beat up on them. That was, uh, that was the finale to the Jordan Love year. Uh, there was a couple of the commonalities... Two different networks, Action Network and uh, ESPN's uh, Mark uh, Schlabach, I think is how you say it, or Schlabach, i probably butchering that. But they both had Utah State in the Frisco Bowl, although they did have different opponents. Uh, one had South Alabama, one had Rice. 
So they're in the same bowl, but different opponents there. And then looking at some of the others, um, USA Today had the Boca Raton Bowl. Is that how you say that? Boca Raton. Yeah, Boca Raton uh, against Georgia Southern. Uh, Athlon had Utah State in the first responder bowl against Rice, so a similar opponent but different bowl. Uh, CBS Sports had Utah State in the Potato Bowl. Uh, another ESPN writer had uh, them in the Hawaii Bowl. That was the one that you know, Hawaii Bowl seems to be a somewhat – it's an idea that's been bouncing around a lot. I know you were thinking that Utah State might end up in the Hawaii Bowl. Yeah, At I mean, there's a possibility. There's – kind of makes some sense. I mean – Financially, I don't know. I mean, you just made that trip, and you want to turn around and do it again. Um, but and, and certainly, there was an aspect of you know, boosters and families wanting to make that trip because it's a unique opportunity to go. But then you turn around and do it again a month later. But here's the the selling point: to why the Hawaii Bowl might make a lot of sense for Utah State. The men's basketball team is already going to be there, involved in the Diamond Head Classic. And playing games about the same time. So you're going to have somewhat of a fan base there. And it may make more of an appeal. The only trick is finding a place to stay with less than a month's notice to go to Hawaii. That can be really tricky. Yeah. And there might be a a, a guest hotel or a, a bowl affiliate affiliated hotel uh, or property that has a certain number of rooms blocked off for each team because, I mean, let's be honest, every month, every every year it's the same situation. Nobody knows where they're going to go until, you know, just a couple of weeks' notice before they have to make that trip. So I'd imagine there would be some accommodation available. Um, but, I don't know, it seems intriguing as a destination for Utah State as a potential bowl destination. Yeah, it is. That's why there's – some people have always suggested last week there was a suggestion that Utah State would be in the Hawaii Bowl, but obviously the opponent was um, kind of messed up in that regard. Um, so that was when they, the projection was uh, the Hawaii Bowl against Western Kentucky. And then the final one, Sporting News, had uh, the Birmingham Bowl against Memphis. So those are the, uh, the ten different bowl projections that I found. And the consensus, whatever there can be with something like this, seems to be the New Mexico Bowl. Which wouldn't surprise me too much. It's a bowl that's, a, you know, for the New Mexico Bowl, Utah State's an appealing um, potential contestant because they're very close. Um, and uh, obviously it's a familiar location for Utah State as a program, obviously New Mexico being in the conference. Um, and Utah State would travel well there. And, yeah. Uh, and having a rematch would be interesting. I don't know if they really want to do that, but it could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're... There is a bit of a pecking order when it comes to the bowl games, and it's to some degree because of the payouts. Um, and so the the teams at the top higher end of the standings are going to go to the better ones, the better the payouts. But it's also kind of a, a mixed bag after you get to the past the top one or two, because then it becomes more of the the bowls, the people who host those bowls. Do they think that you'll travel well? Will you sell tickets? Will you make an interesting and compelling matchup for us? And so um, that that's also another intriguing aspect when you consider what are those bowl opportunities. Now, the Mountain West has certain guaranteed number of bowls that they're a part of, but they also have kind of a – they're in a position to fill spots that if others – 
other uh, conferences can't fill, the Mountain West can be in a position to fill those. And some of those are in that Dallas metro area, which is why the Frisco Bowl, First Responders Bowl, kind of fall into that category. Yeah, I think the Frisco Bowl is, I think it's at-large against at-large, which I think is why Utah State ended up there in 2019. And uh, not 100% sure on the Frisco Bowl, I think, I can't remember who's affiliated with that. But, um, yeah, there, I think there's, I, I think obviously the, the two most likely, I think, do seem to be the New Mexico Bowl and the Frisco Bowl. And I probably would have said that even before uh, seeing these projections. I think there's a lot of similar thinking in terms of those are two of the bowls that that uh, Utah State is likely to play in. The Potato Bowl is also definitely another option. Um, I think that right there, those are the first three most likely. They're all pretty close. West Texas isn't too far away. And obviously Idaho and New Mexico aren't that far away. So those are three, you know, to those bowl organizers, Utah State can be an appealing target, you know, for how far down the pecking order they are. Yeah, the appeal with the Boise, uh, the uh, excuse me, the Potato Bowl <laughs> in Boise is that it's really cheap to get to. You don't have to do a charter plane. You just get up there on buses. Um, in theory, Aggie fans can get there um, the day of, from, and uh, it might be there'll be some that'll stay the night. Um, but um, you know, it's one that uh, Aggie fans could travel well to, but. I think there's also a sense that, yeah, the Utah State, that we've been there and done that a couple of times. Let's get out and try to experience some different opportunities from different places. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Obviously, they, they are going to want to try and consider uh, expenses. That's something they're trying to keep an eye on. So it may end up being the Potato Bowl. Just, of course, it it will all depend on, you know, obviously invites. Yes. You don't necessarily get to choose your bowl. No. To some degree, maybe you can sometimes. Some teams have tried to choose a bowl, and they ended up Yeah, wasn't getting... it Louisiana Tech a couple yeah, of years that back? that was exactly the one I was thinking back in 2012. Yeah. Um, where they uh, were hoping for a better bowl, and they didn't get to play, even though they were at one point ranked in the top 25. They, yeah, they turned down some other offers thinking they would get some bigger fish to come along, and that yeah. fish never came. So they didn't go bowling that year. So those other <laughs> destinations found teams that were willing to play, and uh, they were left out. A bunch of texts coming through here on the Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. text in. Uh, I somewhat believe that if Cooper would have been healthy for the Wyoming game, the Aggies would have won that one. The Las Vegas game, it was the uh, funk they were in at the first of the season. They would win those games now. Yeah, a healthier Utah State probably beats Wyoming. I say probably because Wyoming's still a good team. They might have still found a way to win that game. But Utah State was obviously missing several players. Defense, um, quarterback, obviously. Yes. That was the biggest one impact, obviously. Um, so they probably win that game. UNLV was, it is definitely a, if they would have played that game, you know, now. If you'd have played Boise State earlier yeah. <laughs> and UNLV now. Uh, Utah State would probably be lining up to beat UNLV. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. They definitely did not continue as they started. Uh, 9315, what's the best thing to help us against Boise that you saw at San Jose State game? And what uh, what thing you see in that game that could hurt us in the Boise game? Well, a lot of the things I was worried about with Utah State weren't really nearly as much of a problem as I thought they'd be. I thought Cordero would have a much better game. 
And aside from that first drive, he was largely under control. Um, they were bothering him. Um, obviously getting to him five times, and they pressured him other times. They didn't really let him get out and run. I think he broke out for a I think he actually ended up gaining like 42 positive yards. Obviously, they pulled back a bunch of those yards. I think he ended up with like 16 net yards. Because of the five sacks. Yeah. So I think, I mean, the 42 yards gained, that's livable. Uh, that's not too atypical for a running college quarterback. It's not killing you. It's a couple of first downs, but you're not too worried about that. So I think that's certainly a positive. Something I'd worry about... Legoff's bad throws. The fact the passing game, despite it looking like a career night for Cooper Legoff, didn't really feel like it. Felt like he was being productive and helping move the ball, but there were a lot of iffy throws he had in there. Well, they they came down with two interceptions and probably could have come down with three more. Yeah. So that's a huge thing that I'll be worried about. The Boise State's probably not going to just drop a wide open interception in the end zone. Uh, the way San Jose State did. Yeah, they had a couple of them that they had opportunities and and dropped them. Um, yeah, I think for me, just the Utah State's ability to handle that that pressure up on the up front. That's probably one of the biggest things for me, and being able to handle that, withstand that, still have a running back put a hundred yards plus on on that defensive front. And you're going to Boise State, who also has a pretty stout defense. So that was really encouraging to me. Um, and then the thing that's um, concerning, um, you know, just penalties. Yeah. Penalties reared their head. I thought that they were going down and it was kind of getting solved. And then it's just, oh, my gosh, here we go again. Yeah. Uh, another game with a lot of penalties, especially of the 15-yard variety. Yeah, I know a couple of those were like deliberate pass interference ones. But even if you kind of throw those out the window for what they – which – that indicates another problem that their corners got burned bad enough that you had to commit a, you know, a deliberate pass interference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even if you threw those out for what they are, um, there were still others, multiple, um, personal fouls. I mentioned earlier the time that San Jose State started on the 35 yard line. That was because they fair caught it at the 50 and he got hit. Um, he didn't get laid out, but he yeah, still he got, got hit. And he was, interfered with them. You can't kit, do that. He has kick catch interference. Because he hit him after he'd fair caught it. Um, so yeah, started on the 35 there, and the defense had to bail him out. Uh, a couple more texts coming through, 9310. Aggie game on Saturday was super fun, almost as exciting as the Colorado State game last year. It was cold and a little sparse on fans, but those who were there were loud. Yeah, it, it was a great game, and those are the games you look back on, you're really glad you went because it was you know, an exciting end. It was a game where your team generally played well. Makes a few mistakes, but they generally play well. Build the lead. They do kind of blow it at the end, but you still come out in the clutch. You know, those games where your team performs in the clutch and pulls out that, you know, crucial drive and that key stop, those are the games you love remembering. More so than the all those 2018. I can hardly remember those 2018 games. But, you know, you remember the real close ones. I remember the 2012 against Utah and, and other games that were just super close. You know, you remember the San Diego game for basketball more so than you're going to remember the Santa Clara game. <laughs> Even though one of those was, uh, you know, induces less heart failure. Yeah. 
okay, five eight seven nine, texting in. Does Bovey take the first bowl offered, or does that ruin your chance to land a better one later? I don't even really know how this works. Like, is there a? Do they all like go into a room and like the bowls like say which schools they want, and then like you walk up to the AD and say, "All right, here's the bowls that offer." Like, how does that work? Well, where ESPN owns the vast majority of all the bowls, I think they maybe have some say. But in the end, they will send, usually they'll send a representative to a game. Like, there will be, there'll probably be some bowl representatives in Boise on Friday that could that could give an invitation to Utah State. There'll probably be somebody there from the L.A. Bowl because of, you know, Boise because State's Boise. potential to get there. Somebody from the Potato Bowl, probably. But just, I mean, they're, it's there. It's there in their hometown. Yeah, that, that guy probably lives in Boise That's or nearby. Right. But I'd imagine there'd probably be some other bowl representatives there kind of feeling out the school, feeling out the AD and, and this, the, the sense for booster support. Will you sell tickets if you go here? Um, and then those invites start going out uh, after this weekend. Yeah, I'd, I'd bet there'll be... Uh, bowl representatives from Frisco, New Mexico, and Potato Bowl probably all there, at least. If they're if they're sending them out this week, I would imagine somebody from those bowls will at least try and keep tabs in Utah State. Yeah, and I don't know what that process is like. If they send some feelers to USU, like, hey, what would you think? You know, now that you're bowl eligible, what would you think about coming to our our bowl? Would it work? And maybe they say, you know what, it's kind of expensive, but you know what, we'll take whatever we can get. So I don't know. I mean, it's a fair question. But to the root of the the point here is that I don't know that there are going to be a lot of other better options when it comes to bowls when you're going to be barely six wins. Now, they maybe get to seven after this weekend. And that changes things moderately, not dramatically. So I, I think that you you take whatever bowl invitation you get. I don't even know if beating Boise State would even get Utah State much of a better bowl. I I don't know. Is somebody else just going to come out and say, all right, we want Utah State now because they beat Boise State. Like A lot of the things stay the same. Utah State's a team that on the you know grand scope of college football is still kind of a mediocre team. There's not much appeal for Utah State outside of Utah. I mean, heck, to a lot of people in Utah, there's not much appeal to Utah State. <laughs> um, so, does beating Boise State really raise that much? I'd still probably say the New Mexico Frisco or Potato Bowl. Maybe you add, like, the first responders bowl. That might, you know, come into play. But I don't know if it really changes that much. I don't know. I mean, if honestly, what's probably more important is later in the bowl season is better. Yeah. Gives your team time to heal, time to prep, and then be in the mix of the more interesting bowls that are happening. How about a nice bowl on New Year's Day? That'd be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, a couple more of your texts coming through. We'll get to those coming up after this timeout. Uh, on the Utah Jazz actually uh, having a getting back on the win column, and they're going to be taking on the L.A. Clippers. One of their notable players will not be available in that one for L.A. We'll talk about that next on the Full Court Press. 
Holiday parties and events at the Riverwoods Conference Center offer a festive and fun holiday atmosphere. Paired with catering from the Elements Restaurant, your special occasion can include tasty hors d'oeuvres, delicious entrees, and decadent desserts that always deliver excellence. Now accepting reservations for the 2022 holiday season, the Riverwoods Conference Center and Elements Restaurant can accommodate you whether your event is large or small. Visit theriverwoods.com or call 750-5151. It's that first kiss, that moment in time. This is Jarek from Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Everyone knows us as an engagement ring store, but not everyone knows about everything else we do. Custom design, our in-house laser jewelry repair. We offer fashion jewelry, charm bracelets, necklaces, earrings, birthstone jewelry, watches. We love people to just look and make a wish list. Stop in and say hi. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that includes stoves, bending, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. Dak Prescott makes $40 million a year, and it cannot beat good teams since his rookie year. Here is Dak Prescott versus playoff teams in his career. 12 and 21. What is he, Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football? Oh, wait. That's actually what I've compared him to the last two years. This is The Herd. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Eric France and Jason Walker here in the Full Court Press. Getting through your texts on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. Uh, let's get to some of these here. Uh, 5879, I can't remember which Aggies said it, but San Jose State wasn't the biggest defensive front that the Aggies had seen all year. So that makes me think that Bama really gave them some perspective on facing a bigger team like Boise. Okay. I mean, look, this team is as, as prepared as they're going to be to go into Boise State and try to knock them off, a place that's been historically nearly impossible to do. They have faced big fronts. Uh, they have made some changes with their personnel. They were as dynamic as they've been all year. Quarterbacks getting more comfortable and confident in the pocket. 
Uh, there's some question, obviously, about personnel and who is and isn't available. MJ Tafisi probably still out. Will Ike Larson be available? But uh, as far as a defensive front, you know, that offensive line doing a better job of protecting the quarterback and creating gaps for a running game. Yeah, I think there were just some adjustments. They made a good midseason adjustment where they couldn't run the ball to save their lives in several games, but then they managed to start doing that even against a couple of tougher opponents. And you know, we'll see if they can do it against Boise State. Well, and consider Calvin Tyler Jr. Like um, Saturday, his biggest run was 14 yards, and he still had well over 100 yards rushing. <laughs> I mean, they were all just in little chunks here and there, but he was solid and consistent. He was averaging, you know, like 4.2 yards per carry, which is slightly low, but still good. You know, if you can average 4.2 yards per carry on 30 carries in a game, you're doing all right. Zero three six six. The Potato Bowl has got to be the coldest bowl in America, and New Mexico is a close second. It's certainly one of the. Yeah, it has to be one of the colder climates. I was going to say it's one of the higher ones in terms of how north it is, but I'm pretty sure there's a couple of bowls in the Pacific Northwest, but that's a different climate. And they pro- Do they have ones that are kind of on the upper part of the East Coast? Uh, there, There's been a bowl game in New York uh, or in the Yankees Stadium. Um, I don't know if it's regular. I would think if they had a bowl game um, in the north up there in the higher Midwest and in the northeast, they'd have to have an indoor stadium. Because it gets nuts up there in December. No, it can. Like, it already got nuts I up mean, in we Buffalo. We saw this last week. Um, but, yeah, in, but, yeah, in terms of once you get past the East Coast, this is probably one of the higher titables, probably one of the highest north uh, bowls. And obviously, so it gets really cold. Yeah, true. The only exception are obviously the ones that are on the coast on the other side, so it's mostly warm. 7994, if you get a choice, take the one that plays the latest date. More time to practice your young guys. Yeah. No, that was the point you made. Is you get more practice, player young guys, get some guys healthy. Maybe Tafisi is able to play. He may be done for the season. If if he hasn't played by now, then it means they're they're certainly worried about his uh, his injury, where it was a shoulder and neck type injury, and it may be the kind of thing that it's just like, all right, dude, let's just not play football anymore. It it may be to that degree where it's just not not good for him to play anymore because he could severely hurt himself long term. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a long term thing that they're trying to be careful of. Uh, Nine three one five. Uh, where can the Aggies go bowling that the full court press can do a broadcast from or send a representative? Well, that's certainly something I'm keeping an eye on because uh, and there's a lot of things that are going to go into that because uh, well I wear many hats at this station, uh, doing this covering football, covering basketball. <laughs> And doing play-by-play for high school basketball. So it gives you an idea of all the things I'm going to have to juggle. Uh, going all the way to the East Coast may be tricky. <laughs> uh, Frisco is probably about as far as I think we could really... St- of course, I, that's not up to me. I don't know what Eric thinks. <laughs> but I would well, think... it's not totally up to me either. But I would think Frisco is right on the edge of where I could maybe go and still be able to juggle all my other responsibilities. And it depends on dates, because if there's a bunch of basketball happening, then even a close-by bowl might not be easy for me to make. So it it's hampered by the fact, not just by distance, but also by the fact that I do a lot here. And uh, I have to be able to juggle those things. Right now, as things stand without a bowl, we're doing pretty well. The dates line up well enough yes. to be able to cover basketball 
and do play-by-play. But throw in a random, all right, here's a trip to, here's a, here's a trip to, to Texas. Like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> right. There's a lot of other factors, unfortunately, that we have to try to keep in mind uh, with the Aggie basketball schedule, high school basketball schedules. But uh, if it is close enough and, and things work out and we can, uh, we, we do kind of have a sweeper uh, replacement guy that could help us out with some games. He's going to actually help earlier this, uh, I should say later this week. Yeah. With the game that's a conflict with you, with uh, Utah State. But we'll, we're going to try to do what we can. I'll just put it that way. If they go to the Potato Bowl, we could maybe pull off a broadcast, me and you. Because <laughs> obviously, right now, most bowl games would. If we did someone did send someone, it would probably just be me, at least for game coverage. Um, but because uh, obviously you'd have to stay here and man down the fort. But if it's in Idaho, that's close enough. Yeah, I can make the drive. I've done that before. We can at least toy with the idea. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's see. I love the fan I saw at the San Jose State game. They with the Aggie blue cheese head. All right. That was yeah. That's great. There's a fan that had a. Like a little blue cheese, like the Packer cheese like head, but Packers, it was blue. but it was blue. Blue cheese. It's good. That's not bad. It's not that's bad. It's good. It's clever. Got to get one that's like the uh, the Aggie ice cream, like their squeaky cheese. Get one that's like that color. <laughs> like that kind of white cheese. <laughs> white cheddar? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't think it's white cheddar, but it's like, I don't know. I don't think it's called squeaky cheese either, but it, it's, <laughs> it's the cheese that squeaks when you eat it. <laughs> That stuff. Yeah, that, that stuff. stuff. There's a name for it. I don't know what it is, though. I just call it squeaky cheese. Hey, you know what? I also think, um, speaking of Jason Walker-isms, uh, I think <laughs> what worked on Saturday is that they must have put that poster up in the locker room that <laughs> yeah. we were talking about. Just play better. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed to have worked. There you go. My patented game plan. <laughs> just play better. Jason Walker pointing his finger. Play better. Big, bold letters. Just play better. That's the game plan. You get a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> Just play better. There you go. Uh, all right, more of your texts and uh, reactions to what happened over the weekend, uh, including the Utah Jazz. Uh, picking up some nice wins. Uh, Playoff-type atmosphere against Phoenix. And then going on the road at Portland and getting both of those wins in in times where it didn't look like they could. And they've got another test coming up with the Clippers. We'll talk about that coming up next on the Full Court Press. Aegis Home Health and Hospice loves helping the people they serve. Aegis is a home health and hospice organization that lives by core values of character, experience, and trust. Every day, Aegis' goal is to help you with whatever your health care needs are and to do it wherever you need us to. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com. Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let DD Auto and Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details.
You have to see it to believe it. The new Three Peaks Medical Plaza is Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in the Three Peaks Medical Plaza in North Logan. The entire staff and Drs. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and Three Peaks Medical Plaza, 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Which local high schools do you follow and support? Find your favorite high school logoed items at the Locker 42 North store. Yes, Locker 42 North has high school logoed hoodies, t-shirts, blankets, and more. Green Canyon, Mountain Crest, Logan, Ridgeline, and Skyview can all find their high school logos on apparel at Locker 42 North. And high school logoed items make great Christmas gifts. Logoed items from all your favorite high schools exclusively at the Locker 42 North store, 1430 North Main, next to Little Caesar. And now, the, the, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. <laughs> Judge has had a historical season, but that doesn't mean that you should give him a 10-year deal, which is probably what he's going to want. He's going to be 31 at the start of next season. There have been injuries. That's not a great combination for somebody looking for probably a 10-year contract. Every player ages differently. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Mountain West Motor has a great selection of vehicles on their lot, starting at around $20,000. And every truck and SUV on that lot has uh, is unique and has been customized, so you'll be ready for your next adventure. So go check them out today, 615 North Main in Logan, mwmotor.com, or you can follow them on Instagram for their current promos and events that they have coming up. Uh, just a quick update, uh, some scores in the uh, Mountain West Conference for basketball. Nevada did take care of Tulane, 75-66. to And Boston College is pulling away from Wyoming, 55-39. to Yeah, and uh, Nevada obviously coming on strong. Uh, Tulane, 65, and Ken Pong. And Nevada making, uh mentioned my average ranks, they made a pretty big jump. Um, so they're probably going to keep making jumps. Yeah, they're undefeated. So... Look, good wins for the conference. Yeah, looking pretty good there. So um, we, we talked about the bowl games for Utah State football. Now it's just a matter of uh, wait and see at this point uh, and what kind of invitations come along. It's probably only a few here or there that are, are likely uh, that uh, we could see Utah State getting invites to. Maybe Boise, maybe New Mexico, Frisco, Texas, Hawaii Bowl. Seems like one that could be out there. Um, getting back to the full court press text line, 435-339-0321. Uh, 7-9-9-4. I agree that close games can be memorable. However, has there ever been a memorable game with San Jose? Not sarcastic, just curious. I don't think so because most of them have been very close. There's a memorable game against San Jose State in the wrong way because basketball lost to them. I'm pretty sure that one got Tim Derrier fired or relieved of his duties. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I, I mean, a memorable game against San Jose. I'm trying to remember the year, but Utah State had like eight or nine sacks. Well, actually, they did like 11 or 12. Oh, was it that many? I remember it was a lot. It was like a program record. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. so that one, memorable in that uh, it was a beatdown. But in terms of these close games where you're like, dang, that was just such a great game. Instead of just a great performance by Utah State, a great game, there's not really been any. You have to go back a ways. You know, there was a time when they were a, a top 25 team approaching top 25. This is when they were in the whack together. Uh, Mike McIntyre, I believe his name was. I ended up going to Colorado, but um, had that team uh, very, very successful for a period of time. That was the year actually Utah State had like the 12, 13 sacks. Well, San Jose State was ranked at one point in that season. I don't know if they were ranked when Utah State played them. But uh, beating that, that San Jose State uh, game certainly helped Utah State win the whack that year. I think they sealed the whack the game after playing San Jose State, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong on that. Uh, another text coming through, 9315. Just um, <clears throat> play better, the hiring slogan for all new coaches at USU. They can hire Jason to stand in the interview and repeat it over and over. <laughs> I'm, I'm free for consultancies. If you need someone to come in and give your team an inspirational speech, I'll just come in. Just like, all right, everybody listen. Got your game plan for this week. Just play better. <laughs> What you don't see is the point. Yeah, I, I really nailed that point. I had it down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Eric is very inspired right now. Get your notepads ready. <laughs> Just play better. Yes. Uh, uh, Utah Jazz in action um, over the weekend with uh, a couple of nice victories, beating Phoenix and then going on the road and beating Portland. Now, in that game against Portland, Mike Connolly hyperextends his knee uh, it has to go out. And then just shortly thereafter, Damian Lillard has kind of a calf strain, and he ends up going out. But um, you know, the Jazz, in both situations, in both Phoenix, uh, in the game against Phoenix and the game at Portland, had opportunities where they had leads, watched them disappear, but then were able to still dig in and find a way to get the victory. And um, <clears throat> here they are, the Jazz are are on top of the Western Conference with an overall record of 12-6. and six. And, uh, I mean, that I went to that game in, against Phoenix, and it was a playoff atmosphere. It felt like a game being played in late April, not a game in late November. It was super fun, super loud. It was to the wire, back and forth. This, this team is just... I don't. I mean, I get tired of you may get tired of hearing me saying it, but this team is just so much fun to watch this year. Yeah, there are stretches where they make some really boneheaded plays and really bad turnovers, but then they have stretches where Markinen would just go off, or Beasley will go off, or last night or the other night with the Jordan Clarkson in the fourth quarter, he had struggled. He starts to go off. Uh, it's it's a really it's been a really fun start of the year for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, they got back to playing a little bit more the way they played earlier in the season. Where even earlier in the season, there were times where they'd give up leads, but they managed to grind it out um, and get the win. Um, playing good on offense, playing good enough defense. I think their defense is starting to slip a little bit. 
uh, where they weren't aren't as good at defending as they were a little earlier in the season. I think teams may have figured out some of the weaknesses of Utah State's defensive schemes. Utah Jazz. It's Utah Jazz. It's hard <laughs> to switch gears like this. I know. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see if the Jazz are able to you know, keep this up where their defense may be slipping a little bit. Uh, but yeah, for now, Jazz looking good. I know. There were a couple of demoralized Jazz fans on Twitter that I saw because there were some new uh, Victor Wimbanyama highlights that came out. Whenever those come out, they're like, why are we even doing this? <laughs> why are we so good? I can't stand it. We're too good. Why can't we have the seven foot five guy who dribbles like a guard? Well, the thing is, at the start of the season, Detroit has only won three games. Charlotte has only won four. Houston has only won three. I mean, there's some... Bad teams in the NBA right yeah. now. And Utah was was not going to be a bad team. We didn't know how how good or mediocre they were going to be. Nobody expected them to be on top of the Western Conference. I mean, you're drinking some serious Kool-Aid. And uh, who, who was it that you were mocking earlier in the year about the Utah Jazz front line and they were going to be a problem for the NBA? Okay, Kelly Hulley. <laughs> <laughs> Seems I guess to be coming back. I guess it is. I'm, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> is it Kelly Olynyk, Larry Markin, and Jared Vanderbilt would be a problem. Which, I mean, they kind of have been. So, like, I am wrong. Uh, I wouldn't say they're. Uh, them being a problem is certainly closer to being right. Um, although one person saying it was going to be one of the best front courts in the NBA, I still contend that's well, wrong. That's but uh, a little strong. I'm, I'm having. Um, We'll call it a small plate of crow on that one. <laughs> Not a big one like I did in predicting Utah State would lose by 11 and they end up winning by four. But it's not as big as that plate, but it's still a small one. I'm, <laughs> I'm still eating that a take a little bit. Yes. Uh, Jazz do play tonight against the Clippers. Um, and uh, no Paul George tonight. But Kawhi Leonard will be available. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard's played four games this year. I think I was looking up his game log. Four games. He just came back from missing. Uh, I can't do counting that quick, but it was a lot of games in a row. It was like 10 or so. Uh, played the last two games. He, those are his first two starts, actually. The first two games he played this year, they brought him off the bench. Uh, but even in starting, he played 24 minutes and 22 minutes. So he may have another low to mid-20s minute total tonight. So... Yeah, the Clippers will kind of be without a couple of their stars. They'll have like a star and a half. Clippers are favored by a point and a half. Yeah, is this one in LA? It is. So yeah, that's that's probably fair. Um, so we'll see how the Jazz do. They've played tougher opponents so one far. One of the rare national broadcasts of the Utah Jazz. Are oh, they switched this to a national? It'll broadcast? It'll be on NBA TV. <laughs> the eight thirty tip off. So it's. National broadcast in air quotes because like there's 37 people who have NBA TV. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, that's those true. like oh we have a national broadcast. It's on NBA TV. Ah, never mind. Never mind. Just watch it on your regional network. Yeah. Although for some people it, you, you can't. It's hard. Yeah. It's, some it's, people with their providers don't have AT and T Sportsnet. Jazz are weird in that way. Uh, a couple more texts coming through six four three six. Our family will travel to the Potato Bowl. Any outside chance of getting in the Boca Raton or Myrtle Beach Bowls? I mean, one person projected Utah State getting into the Boca Raton. I forget who. Who was it that said that? It's in my notes. 
Um, I'm sure traveling to Florida, that'd be nice. Yeah, USA Today. If it's, if it's there, I ain't going. There's symbols that I can tell you I will not be there. <laughs> Hawaii, unless we can really convince if I can sell <laughs> the point of sending me to Hawaii to cover. I am covering basketball and football. Ah, double. Even then, I've, I've said my piece about going to sporting events like these over Christmas. Yeah. I have a uh, distaste for them. Uh, eight, nine, six, eight. You have to go back some time ago, but the Aggies in San Jose played to a 48-48 tie. I don't know if it still is, but at the time was the biggest, highest scoring game without a winner. I think that was in the 1978 season. The Aggies won the PCAA conference that year. Uh, I can go back and double check some of the facts on that. One game I was I was looking back to see memorable San Jose State games. Uh, 48-48 would certainly be memorable in an interesting way. Man, it being the highest scoring game without a winner is certainly a possible. I want to say that Lavelle Edwards once had a game where there was a tie in like the 50s. I can't remember. Mm. But that would have been like in the 80s or 90s. So it could have been at the time. But the one memorable game I was maybe looking at, you go all the way back to 2011, Utah State won 34-33 over San Jose State. And uh, Adam Kennedy throws a 21-yard touchdown pass to Matt Austin with 47 seconds left. Oh, yes. So That was a crazy, crazy year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, we need to take a timeout here in the Full Court Press. Love to continue to get your, your texts, your reactions. Uh, Clippers by a point and a half. Do you take that or you go for the Jazz? Let me get your thoughts. 435-339-0321. Hi, this is James with White Pine Funerals. We're excited to host our annual holiday concert featuring a choir and musical ensemble by Jay Richards. All are welcome to attend free of charge. We extend a special invitation to anyone who is missing a loved one this holiday season. Food donations are encouraged at the door for the Cash Food Pantry. Back-to-back performances will take place at White Pine on Thursday, December 1st at 7 p.m. and 8.30 p.m. That's Thursday, December 1st at 7 p.m. or 8.30 p.m. This is Zach with HSA Depot. Christmas is nearly here. Make sure you be merry and bright by using your pre-tax funds on your medical needs. We know your regular holiday budget is disappearing quick. So instead, save money by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies. HSA Depot carries hundreds of unique and dashing eligible products to help you conquer your health care. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty Supply and see how much you can save this holiday season. HSA Depot, 5-star review. This is Ryan at My Mattress. The Black Friday sale is in full swing. Sleep and saving money have got to be on the top of your list for this sale. The Black Friday sale is the biggest sale of the year. Save on the world's two best beds. $1,000 off on IntelliBed and up to $500 on Tempur-Pedic. Truckloads of beds have arrived in stock, ready for you to sleep better tonight. Twin beds, guest beds, even a $600 Sealy Posturepedic. Isn't it time to sleep exceptionally? Up to six years, no interest financing. The Black Friday sale, the biggest sale of the year, only at my mattress. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? Listen. Yeah, it was just kind of unlucky. What happened is unfortunate. We felt like we could push the pace. There's an expression that my coach in college, Eddie Sutton, used to have, which is, you can be tired, but you can't play tired. Like, Gerald Everett, I know you're sucking at wind. I know you need it out of the game. But, bro, you just quit because you were tired. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. This weekend, SC Needham Jewelers has Black Friday special for you. Our store is full of excellent values on diamonds, engagement rings, jewelry, watches, and giftware. 
In fact, we have jewelry specials starting at $39. Doors open at 10. Receive a free gift of technology with a qualified purchase, such as a 50-inch smart TV. See sceneedham.com for details. You'll also enjoy a festive shopping experience at Utah's oldest jewelry store with hundreds of gift ideas for you. Again, doors open at 10. SC Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. It does not look like Mike Connolly is going to start or even play. Oh, yeah, he was ruled out. He's, um, he's well, not available. But who starts in his place is will be interesting. Will it be Colin Sexton? Will it be Talon Horton Tucker? Which is interesting. Someone of his size initiating a lot of the offense uh, after Connolly went down. Yeah, there's a couple guys you could throw in there just depending. I thought Colin Sexton, if, if they're going to trade Mike Connolly, they'd probably put Sexton in there, try and you know work him in as a guard. He's not a guy who's naturally a point guard based on his play style. It was kind of like with Donovan Mitchell where you wanted to push him in the direction of creating and, and at least being able to play as a point guard. Make him more versatile. Yeah. Cause you think Vers- of like, versatile, excuse yeah. me. <laughs> you think of like a Steph Curry. I was like, well, is Steph Curry a point guard? Eh, kind of. But he can pass. You know, Obviously, he's a score first guy, but he can play point guard and do a lot of those things even though that's not his skill set. So you'd like you know, Donovan Mitchell or Colin Sexton to be able to do that. Obviously, there's been a material change in how this season is going, so maybe you don't necessarily have to worry about developing Colin Sexton, the point guard. Well, it's, as Danny Ainge said, he wants to develop and get assets. Part of that is developing players and increasing their value besides just getting draft picks. So Will Hardy has definitely increased the value of a lot of these guys. Yeah, he's turned, La- he's turned Larry Markman into stud. Yeah. I mean, I know the All-Star game is still months away, but he's playing at an All-Star level. Yeah, he is. We'll he, see. That's just not – I'm a Jazz fanboy in saying that. When you look at his numbers and his impact on the floor, he's playing at an All-Star level. Yeah, you look at his stats and even his advanced numbers and the advanced – the catch-all metrics and stuff. They've liked him so far. Some of them have. So we'll see if he gets uh, All-Star votes because that's a whole different animal. You know, they don't vote based off analytics. They vote no, vote it's based a popularity off, contest. Yeah, popularity. It's feelings. It's have you. It's it's politics. It's messed up. Right, because there be some people who will still put Kyrie Irving in there as a starter, yeah. even though he's hasn't played a, a chunk of games and it's controversial. There's just some weirdos. <laughs> like Andrew Wiggins got an All-Star bid last year. Like, did he start too? Uh, I don't think he was a. St- uh, that's a good question. Because he's up there in the fan boat, but it was just because he's playing for the Warriors and he's having a good rebound year. Andrew Wiggins was not an All Star last year. He got way overhyped, like to the moon overhyped. Like, did he do good? Yes. He, you know, he was like most improved player. I don't know, or maybe just 
biggest rebound player in terms of how low his own stock had fallen and how much he raised in terms of being a productive, good player. It wasn't an all-star. But now, like, once you get that all-star, like, you have to fall off the map to lose that because there's this – it's like being an incumbent, you know, for, like, Congress whatever. If you were an all-star last year, you're an incumbent. Somebody has to beat you out. Yeah, you've got a head start on the competition, that's for sure. That'll be the the main trick for Larry Market. And part of it is he's not playing, like, at the super high level, so he has to play the politics game to be an all-star which is a difficult one for him to win given where he's playing and whatnot. But he could win most improved player, to be honest. Definitely on track. I mean, I can't think of anybody else who's playing quite yeah. like he is. The thing with most improved is that it's usually when you get all the riders, they vote for somebody on the team they cover because they're familiar with that guy. Right. They know the comeback story. Yeah. So they, they end up voting for their own guy or somebody in their close vicinity. So, you know, whoever's voting in those awards for the Utah Jazz, Lowry Markin is going to be the most improved player. And then somebody in, a, you know, somewhere else is going to put, I don't know. There's a, there's a couple of players who are certainly doing most improved, but it, it's an award where there's a lot of diversity in terms of who you vote for. Right. Or who gets votes, I should say. I mean, you could have a situation where somebody like, um, gosh, now his name slips to mind at Memphis. Uh, the guard. Desmond Bain? John Moran. Oh, John Moran. You know, he has an MVP-type season, and they're like, oh, most improved. Yeah. And MVP-like. He was he was <laughs> probably like, the wait. most improved player in some ways. I mean, he was already, like, really good. He yeah. just went to really better. Yeah, it's usually the guys who <laughs> better go from, It's usually the guys who go from averaging, like, you know, maybe aren't, like, rotation guys, and they jump up and they're suddenly averaging, like, 17 points a game. Or it's kind of like Victor Oladipo, where he went from, like, draft bust to top guy on the Pacers at the time was where he, he revived his career. Yeah. Um, but Markkinen kind of on that same stretch where he was averaging in the low teens, mid to low teens in terms of points, was a fringe guy, was thrown out there in a trade for a superstar. And suddenly he's now the leading scorer on a team. Like, that's most improved. That's, <laughs> the number one team in the West. That's generally how we've uh, we've categorized this. So our pregame coverage for the Utah Jazz tonight will start at 8.20 here on The Fan. You're home for the Utah Jazz, and tip-off will be at 8.30. Full play-by-play coverage with David Locke. And then uh, tomorrow we'll be back to you know, recap that game, uh, get into the stat that blew our mind or player of the week, and some early looks at uh, Boise State. Short week for us because of the holiday, so we're trying to cram as much as we can in the next couple of days to preview uh, those schools Ah, and we got to do a high school basketball preview tomorrow as well. We were supposed to do one of those today, and we forgot. <laughs> yeah, we got we got to play the the coaches' interviews that we still have. Yes, yeah, so we'll get to all that coming up Tuesday and Wednesday to round out our trip through Region Eleven previews for high school basketball. Uh, but that's going to do it for us tonight here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all the texts. Have a great night, everybody.